Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, great to be back with you. Uh, for some of you, you probably saw on Facebook, uh, had an opportunity, our family, to go to Thailand. Uh, we were there for almost two weeks to visit our daughter. Uh, she teaches third grade in Thailand, and so it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to go. And someone uh, posted on Facebook, they said, oh, Pastor Craig, looks like it's a wonderful, uh, I say that with an accent because the person that, that posted it is Thai. Uh, she said, oh, Pastor Craig, she said, it looks wonderful. She goes, how's your ministry? going in Thailand. I'm like, it's going pretty good. Uh, we, did, we went as a vacation and just an incredible time of being together as family. And um, I just want to say this before we launch in this morning. Value your family. No matter how many days or years you may have, value your family. Especially on this Father's Day uh, there is something about family that should resonate in our hearts. And when we're able to go on a vacation, whether it's to the Outer Banks or whether it's to North Canton or, or wherever you go on vacation, value your family. It's not so much what you do on vacation, but the fact that you are together. And so I'm thankful for that. So uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we have been doing a series that we have started called Overflow. A generous heart. There is something about an individual who has a generous heart. Uh, they're in stark contrast to a greedy, selfish, me, myself, and I kind of attitude and mentality in this world. And I think all of you would agree that when you meet somebody who is generous, when you meet somebody who displays generosity, and they use their gifts and abilities, their time, their talent, their treasures for the purpose and glory of God, we would either say with our mouth or think in our mind, now that's refreshing. Because we often don't see generous people. We live in a world of selfish people. How many of you are selfish in here? Just raise your hand. Okay? Eight of you. Uh, the rest of you are liars. Uh, well, we're, we're all selfish in many ways. And because we're selfish, when we see someone that is generous, when we see someone that displays generosity, it takes us back and we think, now that is different. And we appreciate it. Now, whenever we do a series on generosity, it makes some of us feel nervous uh, because we automatically had this mindset. What do you want from me? What do I need to give? Uh, how much money do you need? Is there a campaign that's going on? Is there some kind of project? Uh, what time uh, and what talents do you want me to offer? And none of that is going on here. There's no ulterior motives at all other than you see the freedom that comes in living a generous life. Because a genuine heart is fully expressed in genuine love. A genuine heart is fully expressed in genuine love. That is why if you've been here the last two weeks, we purposely and intentionally started out by talking about God as the source of our generosity. That when we see God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and how generous they have been to us time and time again just because they can. It is truly incredible. Uh, 
Nathan Kursak uh, preached on John 3.16. How generous of a father that we have that would send his one and only son to this earth who loved us that we would find ourselves coming into right relationship with him, that we would not perish, that we would have eternal life. I don't think we will ever be able to grasp how much the father truly loves his son. Enough that he would send his son to us. That is generosity. And then last week, Adam shared about Psalm 23. He talked about the, the shepherd in Psalm 23 that leads and guides and protects. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Talking about that shepherd that leads and provides and is generous and swings that into the New Testament where we see a great shepherd that loves us. Enough to go to the cross and die for our sins so that we could have eternal life. That is generous. So we see generosity in the Father, we see generosity in the Son, and we even see generosity in the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that has given you and I gifts to use for the glory and the purpose of God. And then when we're using those gifts and abilities, we have an opportunity to display the Holy Spirit's giftedness in generosity. So we hope that over the last two weeks, you have seen how generous our Father and Son and Holy Spirit is which would help you to display that kind of generosity to other people. A generous heart is the fullest expression of genuine love. So let's start out with this this morning. Who can tell me who this is? Picture. Who is that? It's Bill Gates. Bill Gates is one of the wealthiest individuals in the world. I had to laugh when I read a recent article that it said over the last several years, Bill Gates has struggled. He has so struggled. He has struggled to get into the top 10 most wealthy people in the world. Oh, pray for him. Oh, man. I mean, struggling, okay? One of the, one of the top 10 most wealthy people in the world. Bill Gates' net worth is $90 billion. That means there are hundreds of countries that have fewer resources than Bill does. I call him Bill because he's got a lot of them. If you think about his net worth, $90 billion at a 6% rate, Bill Gates makes over $150 a second. So it is not even worth his time to pick up a $100 bill on the ground. He is that rich. He is one of the richest individuals in the world, but you may not know that he is also one of the most generous. He is extremely generous with his money. He has given away somewhere between 26 and $28 billion to charitable organizations over the years. No one would disagree over his generosity. In fact, he's extremely generous. But when you compare his, watch this, when you compare his generosity with the generosity of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, it makes Bill Gates look like a Scrooge. It makes Bill Gates look like um, a cheapskate. Uh, Andy Stanley from North Point uh, says this about generosity. God's extravagant generosity toward us 
compels us to be extravagantly generous toward others. And so this morning, I want us to just dial in and there's a lot that's going to be going on today, but for just a moment, would you just focus and ask yourself this, what would my life look like if I begin to be generous as God has been generous to me? As God has been generous in so many different ways, what would it look like if I begin to live a life of generosity, that I am created in his image, and I am empowered to be used by him, and I am finding that I am wired to be generous, not greedy. That word generous means palms up, uh, that I'm expecting nothing in return, freely sharing, freely giving without expecting anything. Most of us don't live with palms up, do we? Most of us live with palms or fists or palms down, whatever I can grab, whatever I can take, but a generous spirit, someone says, I'm going to live life with my time and town and treasures in a way that's palms up, freely giving, freely sharing, not expecting anything in return. What would our lives look like if we began to be generous in many of the same ways that God has been generous with us? And so we're going to turn to Matthew 6 this morning. And so meet me, if you would, in Matthew 6. We're going to look at verses 19 to 24. And this is the great Sermon on the Mount. From chapter 5 through chapter 8, we see this great Sermon on the Mount. And right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus goes right to the heart of the issue in regards to why and where and how are we laying up our treasures? And he's going to approach this subject. He is asking us to ask this question. Do I demonstrate a heart, a generous heart, or do I demonstrate a greedy heart? Now, I'm sure if we took a survey from that man all the way over there to that woman all the way over here, and you had a three-by-five card, and I said, are you a generous person? Most of us would put on the three-by-five card, well, yeah, I, I think I'm a generous person. Well, the trueness of that comes from this passage this morning and looking at this passage. And so we will be able to determine he challenges his followers and challenges us today to determine whether we reflect a heart of generosity or a heart of greed. So Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21, follow along. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, whether or where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, everybody knows this, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so the first thing that Jesus shows us in verses 19 to 21 for us on this earth is asking this question, 
What will you choose? There are two choices that he makes in this passage. Where will you lay up your treasures? The first choice is, I will lay up my treasures here on earth. The ancient Greeks would literally say, do not treasure for yourself treasures on earth. In other words, don't store up. Uh, don't stockpile. Don't become greedy uh, and store up all of these treasures on this earth. Not because they're bad, but because they don't last. They don't last. Uh, Jesus said, don't store up for yourself treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves come in and steal. Uh, someone has said, uh, today's treasures quickly becomes tomorrow's garage sale. And how many of you would say, oh man, there were things that at one time I would have died for and now it's 50 cents on a table at my house for a garage sale. Those things that I stockpiled or I was consumed in having, I laid those treasures up and now I'm just selling them at a garage sale. Proverbs 23, 5, love this verse. Solomon says, cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. I mean, what a picture that Solomon is giving us here. That it doesn't last. Can you imagine the next time you purchase something, it just sprouts wings and it takes off. Solomon is saying the things that we lay up here on this earth, it's not that they're bad. It's just that they won't last. They will fade out. They will get old. They will wear out. They, they, they will break. They'll go out of fashion. And all of a sudden, the things that we laid up that we thought were so important to us, we're on to something else. Someone has said, does my heart have the right motive about money or does my money rule the motive of my heart? Right now, one of the largest and fastest growing industries in America is self-storage units. I mean, how many of us have seen self-storage units around here? There's a ton of them. Uh, there is so many of them. Uh, self-storage units over the past 20 years have grown unbelievable. Uh, you find them everywhere. In fact, that's why the show Storage Wars is so, such a popular show. People are consumed with not only their possessions, but other people's possessions. And there's something about wanting to see what's behind that self-storage unit that we leak. I know I, I need to have that. I need to have that. About 10% of people in America today rent a self-storage unit. You would say, well, that's not very much. But consider this. The population of the United States is right around 324 million people. 10% of that is 32.4 million people rent a self-storage unit. That's a lot of self-storage units. Jesus doesn't say stop storing up treasure. He says stop storing up treasures here on earth. Consuming and stockpiling never satisf satisfies long-term. In fact, we become very vulnerable by laying up treasures on this earth. Because it says the results of laying up treasures on this earth is what? Moth, rust, destroy. Or where thieves come in and steal, honesty here, how many of you here have ever had your house broken into. Just raise your hand. 
you feel vulnerable, don't you? You walk in and things are in disarray and you think somebody has broken in. And Jesus is saying to have earthly things is not wrong. They just won't last. You cannot take them with you. I think we all know that, but yet we still are consumed. Jesus said this is a choice that many of us have made. Jesus is telling us to stop storing our treasure in the wrong place and start storing our treasure in the right place. And this is where generosity changes everything, friends. So stay with me. This is where generosity paints a different picture. It tells a different story with a different result. Because Jesus said there will be some that will lay their treasures in this earth. But there's a second choice in this passage. To lay up for yourself treasures in what? Heaven. In heaven. One is temporary. Stockpiled. Won't last. The other, when we lay up our treasures in heaven, is permanent. It's incorruptible. It lasts forever. Treasures in heaven give enjoyment now. There, there are some treasures in heaven that we have the enjoyment of seeing them now when we are generous. That we have an opportunity to give our time, our talents, our treasures. And we feel good about that because God has been generous to us. But the ultimate, the ultimate is when we get to heaven, on the other side of heaven, and we see what our generosity has done. And we see the thousands, hopefully thousands upon thousands of people who have benefited from our generosity over the years because we could give generously. Jesus said, choice one, lay up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Or lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, and thieves cannot come in and steal. Uh, listen to these verses. Uh, they're up on the screen. And, and ask yourself, do I have a heart of generosity? Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. Goodness comes to those who are generous and lends freely. A generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. Again, a generous man will be blessed when you share. Command them to do good, good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share, 1 Timothy 6.18. What Jesus is saying is he wants to make sure that our hearts are not sold out for the things of this world, but that our hearts are sold out for the Savior of the world. God's generosity should grip us to live a life of contribution instead of consumption. Now, the body of Christ being generous just as God has been generous to us. And how many times have you heard about generosity and being generous? And yet many of us will walk out and will still continue to keep laying up treasures on earth. There's a battle. There's a battle. We, we want that stuff. I need it now. And yet we realize it won't last, and yet there is something so tender and so joyful about being able to generously help somebody who cannot help themselves. It makes us feel like we're doing what God wants us to do and why God has put us here on this earth, a generous heart. 
Jesus said in verse 21 says that verse, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Someone has said, where your wallet is, there your heart will be also. Well, okay, I've got a wallet, and I can tell by what I'm spending where my heart really is. Because this right here can be the downfall, can it? This right here causes us to determine, am I really laying up treasures in heaven or am I only fooling myself and I'm really laying up treasures on this earth? Take a look at your credit card statement, your bank statement, your, your checking account, and follow the money trail to see what is most important in our lives. And so Jesus draws the conclusion that we can only have our treasure or our heart in one place. We can't store up treasure on earth and, on heaven, and in heaven at the same time. Have you ever heard someone say, man, their priorities are messed up. They are living way beyond their means. Uh, they, they are buying and consuming and, and they've laid up all of these treasures and it won't last. I think some of us can relate to that. And as a result, being a generous person often is ignored today. We live in a world that is stockpiling, but we don't live in a world that's very generous. However, you go to some third world countries and they are extremely generous. They have virtually nothing. And when I have a woman bring me and my colleague into their hut and she has made chicken and she wants us to stay and to eat. And there's two bottles of Coca-Cola that are as hot as the sun. And they were sitting there. And the chicken's been sitting there. And she has two chairs that she found someplace. And she has said, come in. And she generously wants us to be fed. And we know that if we eat that food, we will get sick. We know that. What? do we do but pray <laughs> and sit there and we eat that chicken and we drink those hot cokes and this woman has been extremely generous we see it overseas and yet mission view we have an opportunity to be generous today right now with what god has given us so the first question is not where's my treasure, but where's my heart because my heart will always follow the treasure. The second thing that Jesus helps us to see in this passage is to come to grips with the choice between two visions. Two visions. Look at verses 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So I'm looking at you. I see things. It's coming into my life. The light, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? The eye is the lamp of the body. The idea here is that light comes into our life. We grasp the truth of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. And as we grasp that, our life becomes different. The moment the light came on and you received Jesus Christ, your life became, became transformed. The way you used to live and the way you used to think is now different 
because you're seeing the word of God. You're seeing the love of God. You're seeing the peace of God in your life and you're living that out. Your body is healthy. But if what we are seeing is of darkness, then what becomes of us is darkness as well in what we think and what goes on in our life. So the idea behind having a good eye is by seeing life through the lens of God's incredible kindness and gentleness. I have to tell you this story. So my daughter, she teaches third grade in Thailand, and she told us when we were over there, she said there was a day where one of the students, his name was Jade, got glasses. And Jade walked in, and he was very conscious of his glasses. Some of the kids were razzing him a little bit, giving him a hard time, saying, you've got glasses. My daughter wears contacts, and she felt bad for Jade. And so the next day, instead of wearing contacts, she wore her glasses. And she kept saying to the kids, oh, look, Jade and I, we have glasses. We love wearing our glasses. Jade, your glasses look so good on you. And she displayed incredible kindness to that young boy. And he beamed. He just beamed. That is a way of being generous. That is a way of being kind in our life. It cost us no money at all, but by our words alone, we are generous. The idea here is that the good eye is by seeing life through the lens of God's incredible kindness and generosity. Being generous brings light to our lives. And we are happier. We are more content when we have God's heart of generosity. You all know this. Christmas time comes. There's gifts everywhere. How many of us get more happiness and more joy out of giving somebody a gift that we know they're going to be off the charts when they get it? How many of us are more excited about that in generously giving to that person than anything that anyone could ever give us? I mean, I'm thinking about things that I have given to people before, and I'm sitting there, and I'm so excited. Open it up. Open it up. Here, let me help you. Open it up. That is the heart of when the light comes into our life, I generously change because of what God has done in my life. There's, there's a man in our church. I do not know his name, but for the last five years, he has reached out to the widows in our church. We have quite a few widows in our church. And this man has a heart for the widows in our church. So he will send an invitation out to them before Christmas. And that invitation is to come to the church. They will get on the church bus. They will go all the way up to Cleveland. They will have an incredible dinner. He will take care of that. They will go to Playhouse Square and see some kind of theatrical show. He will take care of all of that. They will go and get dessert afterwards. He will take care of all of that. And his whole purpose is to show them love and the generosity that God has shown him. And at the end of the evening when those ladies pull into our parking lot and they come off of that bus, someone is standing there handing each one of them a thing of candy. And there is a card on top. And inside that card is an encouraging note to them and a check for $500. And sometimes there's 20, 25 women that are involved in that. He doesn't want anyone to know who he is. He just wants to show generosity. There's the front end of generosity. And there's the back end of generosity. The front end of generosity is him doing that for these ladies 
the back end of generosity is when they get in their car and they open up that card and they see $500, they're like, what? That's generosity. And it can be shown in so many different ways. So how is your life living? Are you a light that displays a generosity? Or have you found yourself becoming greedy because of the things that you've been seeing in your life? And now your life is dark as well. Jesus said, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Even if, the, even, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So Jesus shows the contrast. Our attitude toward material treasure will either bring great light or it will bring darkness into our lives. So Jesus is really making a statement here. And you'll see it. We will either see life through the lens of the generosity of God or see life through the darkened lens of the greediness of this world. So there are two choices that he gives us already in this passage. One is, where are you going to lay up your treasure? In earth? On earth where you know it will not last? Listen, he's not saying it's wrong to have a boat. It's not wrong to have a car. It's, it's, it's not saying that. He's saying, just remember, it's not going to last. So don't put your hope in that. He says there are two choices that your vision uh, of light or of darkness in the way that I live my life? Do people see you as somebody that is walking the light as he is in the light? First John chapter 1. Or do they see a heart of greediness and selfishness? The last thing Jesus does is he helps us to see there are two choices when it comes to masters. In verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus is not saying you cannot have money, spend money, enjoy money, make money. He's not saying any of that. But he is saying that you cannot serve both God and money. Serving money is a cruel master. He will always want more, and he will always get you to want more. He is saying you cannot give your allegiance or loyalty to both God and money. So this morning, if you came in and, and I said, hey, we're going to talk about God this morning, I think all of us would be okay with that. If I also came in this morning and I said, hey, we're going to talk about money this morning, I think all of us would be okay with that. But when I say we're going to talk about God and money, it makes some of us feel uncomfortable. And you know why we feel uncomfortable? Because we're not quite sure which one we've given our heart to. Because on any given day, I love God. And on any given day, I love money. But you cannot serve both. Why? He tells us. You will either love the one and hate the other or hold on to one and despise the other. We can no more serve two masters at the same time any more than you can walk in two directions at the same time. If you think that we are a successful in serving two masters, we're deceived. It cannot be done. Here's the mindset. Where are we going to put our treasure really determines generosity. Oh, how we live and the light or darkness that comes out of our life shows whether or not we have a heart of generosity or greed. And which master are we truly serving? Uh, the almighty dollar? Or are we truly serving the Lord Jesus Christ? 
So here's the mindset. Don't serve your money. Let your money serve the Lord and it will serve you. Don't serve your money. Let your money serve the Lord and it will serve you. As we generously give of our time, as we generously give of our service and our gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, and as we generously give of our finances, that will determine whether or not God is our master or money is our master. So a number of years ago, I went up to the queue in Cleveland to uh, a Cleveland uh, Cavaliers game. Uh, they were playing the Detroit Pistons that night. That's important in this story. But it wasn't just any game up in Cleveland uh, because uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers that night, they were trying to break the Guinness Book of World's Records for the amount of Snuggies that people would wear under one roof. Everybody knows what a Snuggie is. You see them right up there. Okay? So everybody was issued, I was so glad I was a part of this. Everyone was issued this Cleveland Cavalier Burgundy Snuggie. I mean, it looked like one big, huge choir. Okay? And we had to stand for five minutes in order for it to be a Guinness Book of World Record under one roof. Now, the queue holds 20,562 people. And that night, it was sold out. And yet there was, was 20,561 people in a Cleveland Cavalier Snuggie. But there was one guy that had a Detroit Piston Snuggie on. In front of over 20,000 people, this guy stood out like a sore thumb. This guy, and I didn't know if he was a plant or what was going on here. But I, and you can imagine the boos and the hissing and the get out of here. You know, this choir of people saying that at the same time. And I thought, I, there's got to be something behind this. So I did a little bit of digging and found out the story behind the story. So this guy lives in Cleveland, but he's originally from Detroit. He says he is a diehard Cavs fan until the Detroit Pistons come in to town. Then he switches his allegiance and loyalty back to the Pistons. You can see where this is headed. He is not truly loyal to either team. And I think when Jesus said, you will either love the one or despise the other, hold on to one or despise the other, uh, he's saying, listen, you need to choose. If money is your God, then be loyal to it. Have your allegiance to it, but it will drain you. If your allegiance is to God, then make sure it's completely, totally loyal and that it is loyal and that when money comes into town, you're still loyal to your God. Money may provide short-term satisfaction, but it will not provide eternal security. But when one's loyalty in Jesus is in Jesus and Jesus alone, we can say with great assurance that Jesus is my treasure. He has shown me what it is to live a life of generosity. Generosity is not measured by the amount of money you give, but by the attitude in which you give and use it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
just as God has been extremely generous to us, may we find ourselves saying, I also want to be generous to those wherever I go. I, I wonder this morning if there are some of us here that have never understood God's generosity. And maybe it's because you don't know him in a personal way. Because if you know him in a personal way, he will change you from the inside out and you will recognize the joy of generosity. Or maybe the reason we don't understand generosity is because we have allowed this world and the things of this world to become our God. I want to encourage you today as we go through this series. Let's not be stingy. God has given us so much. Some of you are sitting here saying, I hardly have anything. You know what? The Lord has taken care of you, hasn't he? Oh, the Lord has taken care of us, hasn't he? He has taken care of us. I will never see the righteous begging for bread. He will take care of us. And you cannot outgive God in your service, in your time, in your money. You cannot outgive him. And he will always work in your life because he is a generous God. And he desires for us to be generous in return. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, I want to thank you this morning. The fact that you would send your son, the fact that your son would go to the cross of Calvary and shed his blood is an incredible act of generosity, one for which we could never repay. And Lord, I believe you give us this example so that we would not become stingy, that we would not become greedy, that we would not find ourselves being darkened by this world, but we would walk in the light and that we would see everything and everyone through the light of your truth and that we would make you, not money, not things, our master, that we truly would love you and that we would be able to say, Lord, where my treasure is, there my heart is also. I treasure you, and my heart reflects that. May we be people of generosity. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.